Hey, Kingfield family. Thanks for tuning in to this platform with us on Anchor.fm or whatever platform you were choosing to listen to your podcast on. These are going to be collections of our Coach's Corner, Coach's Talk with coaches, community members, and other friends within our network and the Kingfield family. So, Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. Please, if you want us to bring anything or anyone on, reach out to Danny at CrossFitKingfield.com. Send your suggestions, comments, and we hope to bring more and more fun, more and more connection, and more and more value to you here on this platform. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I thought this would just be a really fun time because, you know, I think everything kind of changed in the world in an instant. And especially for, um, for, I mean, for everyone in general, everybody had, I think, a unique like experience with how things changed. And I wanted to, uh, wanted to first start just, maybe we could talk a little bit about swimming and kind of your recent, uh, like the recent events that happened. But I think what would be more fun to talk about is, um, you have found this really beautiful way to like bridge CrossFit with, you're swimming right in season, out of season. And you've talked about that you've tried intermittent programs, but doing CrossFit specifically um, makes you feel the best. So maybe you could just give everybody a little background as how you found CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I started CrossFit in high school. I was, um, I, I started swimming seriously, probably freshman year, um, summer before my freshman year. Um, that's when I made Olympic trials. So I, I joined USA Swimming, which is what you have to be affiliated with to make the Olympic trials. Um, and before then, I had just been doing like YMCA swimming and then high school swimming. Um, so in Minnesota, you can swim high school athletics seventh and eighth grade year while you're in middle school. And so I had just been doing that and then swimming YMCA. But some people had approached me from Faribault, actually, um, which is a little bit farther north from where I'm from, and some from southern Minnesota, um, and and they had approached me about joining USA Swimming, and so I joined that June, or January of my, right after my eighth grade season, um, and then I made the 2012 Olympic trials six months later, and so that was pretty awesome, uh, 14 years old, and so I was... Um, you had to be 14. And so there were like three other 14 year olds, I think. And so that was just a really great experience um, to see that large of a scale for swimming and just being kind of awestruck in the whole thing. Um, I mean, seeing the best of the best right next to you stretching and like, what an inspiration to keep um, swimming and driving for those goals. So I guess that really started to like jump start my um, competitiveness in swimming. Like I had always enjoyed it and my parents put myself and my sisters in swimming from an early age um, just for safety because my dad actually can't swim at all um, and so and so they wanted us girls to know how to swim and but I, I really took it seriously freshman year of high school um, and I had just been doing some weightlifting um, in the high school and with not not very religiously or any by any means um, but then I met my husband now, William, um, sophomore year, and he he was in CrossFit. And so I remember going to my first CrossFit competition to watch him um, at October of our, my sophomore year. And I ended up competing in the same competition my senior year. But it was just, I don't know, it was a different atmosphere. Like, obviously, 
probably a lot of people have been to CrossFit competitions, but um, that was kind of my first exposure to CrossFit. And so I guess just the intensity of the music and the people and, and to, I love being, I've always been more physical or like I can't sit still for long periods of time. And so seeing all those different movements that I've never really worked on, like all can continuously together um, like going from rowing to push-ups to pull-ups to like I loved like the body movement um, aspect of CrossFit and so and not so much um, lifting heavy weights and so I really liked that part of it and and then once I started back home um, my gym was actually in Austin Minnesota and so once I started there my junior year I just I fell in love with it and then started to see my success in the pool um, like I started to see my aerobic capacity um, stronger, so then I was able to swim harder for longer periods of time. My time started to drop. Um, I started looking at the national high school record um, as a possibility of breaking, and I ended up breaking that my senior year. Um, and so that was just pretty awesome. I mean, I did my my one and only CrossFit competition I've done was that October of my senior year and then my state meet was in November and so I can remember my swim coach like freaked out because he's like what you're doing this CrossFit competition and like you're, you're expecting to break the national record in a month like what are you doing you're gonna hurt yourself but I mean I was I was like the scaled partner and so it wasn't it wasn't um the RX but it was still super fun and I want to yeah I would definitely love to compete again so you mentioned you love the, like you were awestruck by the environment, the music, the people, stuff going all over the place. Like, is it similar to like what it's like swimming in a race? Because one would assume that like when you're swimming, I mean, obviously it's you in the water and you can hear your breath. You're very in tune with what's going on, but there's not like, they're not playing music underneath the water in the pool. So like, were you drawn to kind of the intensity of the whole situation or what was, you know, like what... It, maybe a better question is are there similarities between the two when you compete like in a swim race or in CrossFit like do they do you find that there's parallels or yeah I definitely think that there are um similarities between the two like keying into breath <clears throat> like what you and I have been working on has helped immensely I mean you could even see that in my training um swimming this year um like for pace sets for example so a lot of people wonder like what the heck do you do training and swimming like do you just swim laps all the time and so there are a lot of different things that we do like warm-ups which are just general swimming or kicking um and then we normally do like a harder kick set um and i'm generally known as like a better kicker than a puller so that's what's interesting too about swimming is that like one per a person is particularly better at kicking or pulling and so then we'll normally do like a kick set or a pull set and then go into our, like our main set. And when we were doing like pace work for our main sets and stuff, I would, I would try to do some breathing work like I had been working on um, at CrossFit, like in running workouts or even, I mean, wads where you necessarily, it's hard to like breathe in through your nose and out through your yeah. nose. In the water, it's so like, yeah, yeah. In the water, it's like pretty intense. And so when I would get, um, back to the wall and start focusing on my breath it would really help me keep my heart rate at um, a maintainable pace or rate to really hold my pace throughout that set so that was a that definitely a transition I saw this past year um, yeah and and I guess to just to 
difference between CrossFit and swimming that I saw at the competition was like the team aspect or because swimming is, yes, yeah, swimming's a team sport, but when you get more in um, specialized, you're kind of more individual in your own race. Um, but when you do partner workouts and stuff, I think that's where I really love. And you've, you've seen that as well, that I, I love um, meeting people and oh, yeah. having fun with each totally. other. So how do you approach maybe, and I'm, you know, you and I've had lots of chats kind of about your mindset, but how do you approach like practice each day um, and kind of cue people in? Because I'm sure for those people that don't know about training when you're swimming, like you mm -hmm. said, it just assumed like, do we just do this distance and do it fast or do it slow? But like, you have a pretty specific approach on how you would go to practice each day. Do you want to maybe cue us in on that? And Definitely. Yeah. So generally there are like two practices. There'll be the one in the morning, which will be early morning about 5.45 um, to 7.15, and then um, an afternoon uh, for, it depends on the day, but generally like three to five. Um, and and we talked about this too, like there are certain days that you kind of need to be keyed in on, I'm going to perform today, I'm okay with not performing my best today, and I'm, I'm okay taking a lighter load. And so you kind of need to individualize those three portions of looking at your week or looking at the certain day that you're training. Um, and so Sunday's our day off swimming wise. And so I knew Monday morning coming in that morning practice is more so, um, getting warmed up, getting ready for the week, um, preparing your body for a heavy load of another week of training. So that morning is necessarily not one I need to like really perform on. It's just one that I'm okay with feeling out where I'm at, kind of listening to your body, um, what you need to work, like stretch on and, um, and then Monday afternoon um, is a little bit more intensity. Um, where Tuesday morning or Tuesday, we just have a single swimming. And that day, you, I kind of go into that's our IM day, and so that's a that's probably our heaviest yardage wise in one practice on Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon. And so it's necessarily not like a performance day, but it's you need to kind of be on your game. Wednesday was the main performance Wednesday and Saturday mornings. Those are our two days that we do a lot of pace work um, and indiv individualizing that workout. And so those days I kind of came into practice knowing I needed to perform, knowing I needed to have my rest um, the night before, fluids um, and eating the right foods. Um, and so, and just giving your body the rest prior to those days. And then Thursday was always our recovery day um, in the pool. And so then to allowing yourself to um, feel okay with um, not performing at a high intensity on those days. That's awesome. Well, I think it's in what I think is really great is that you kind of talked about it's this, it's not just this day where you show up and we try to be, you know, at, you know, high effort every day is that there's actually an intention that's set behind it. And um, you are also somebody who is, sticks well to a plan, right? So you, you also look at your week. Um, and as you were in school and doing all of your teaching stuff, you would look at your week and kind of know what load you have um, work-wise, school-wise, family-wise. And then that also, because that also plays a huge, huge influence, influences you greatly when you get into, um, into those practice. So at different times of the season, are there different periods at which you really need to be on on point you know do you do you set goals for certain meets or how do you approach that kind of on a calendars year yeah 
Yeah, so our season begins right after Labor Day, so early September, and then it normally goes through the end of March. And so we have a really long season, and that can get really taxing to look at the whole season as a big chunk. Um, but areas, particularly where I needed to like perform well, we normally had a mid mid season meet. Um, so that was normally around the end of November, early December, um, which was kind of hard sometimes because it was like right after Thanksgiving. And so you'd want to be with family and want to do all those things. But um, sometimes it came before Thanksgiving, but you'd really want to um, train and get ready for that meet. That was like the first big meet um, of the season. And then training trip. So the University of Minnesota would go to the University of Hawaii to train for about two weeks. Um, and we would swim against the University of Hawaii and fly back. My freshman year, we, we swam against the University of Denver. Um, but then the past two years, we've swam against the University of Southern California. So we normally try to hit a meet on the way back as well. Um, but you'd wanna, you would want to be prepared for that as well. So that's right after Christmas. We would normally come back the 26th of December, um, hit the pool hard at the U of M, which was always weird because there was like no one on campus or no one around because everyone was gone for the holidays. Um, but then we would leave for Hawaii right around New Year's and then be there for about two weeks. And that was a good chunk of training. Um, and it was really fun this past year. I mean, I, this was probably the year I enjoyed it the most. I got to do um, CrossFit as my weight supplementing. Um, weightlifting, right? Yeah, my weightlifting, <laughs> which my weight coach wasn't too thrilled about, but it really wasn't her, um, her place because my head coach stepped in and put his foot down for me. So that was really nice. Um, and so I got to, got to do CrossFit at the University of, or the CrossFit Oahu facility, which was great. Yeah, well, I think that's important because one of the things you've talked about numerous times is about listening to your body. And we've had discussions about this throughout the year. Um, and I think it's, it's important for people who are CrossFitters alike to kind of, to hear that, I think, because it's your approach, like you've paid enough attention to your body. You, you know, you've obviously set this goal of swimming and training and, and, and know what it takes. And so um, it's really about listening to the factors you can control. And, and some of that, if you can take your own programming into effect where, you know, you know that you like that, you respond well to moderate to high intensity. Um, you're not trying to, you know, just absolutely win the workout, but it's really, you know, kind of like a mindful meditation for you. Um, talk to us about, you know, just a little bit when you, when you approach CrossFit on a day-to-day -day basis, what do you do if you're feeling really great in class or what do you do if you're not feeling so great? Do you have, you know, a way where you kind of like call it like, okay, I'm going to shift over to just movement today. Or do you step on the gas when you're feeling great? Like how do you approach classes and workouts in that manner? Yeah. Um, I guess too, like a big thing with me is my, what well, my mental talk or like my self-talk. And so if I'm not feeling super great or like I see so-and-so maybe passing me by or getting through a certain movement that I'm not great at a little bit quicker than myself, I try not, to, I try to like knock that down as fast as I can, like my own um, self-talking and, and tell myself that, you know, like I'm just, like you obviously, no one's great at everything or no one's great at like every movement. Like everyone has something that they're a little bit slower on or need to keep working on. And so I guess too, it's important for me when I'm not feeling great or I'm not seeing myself um, hold the pace that I want to hold at a workout that I can t um, give myself a buffer, I guess, or like still I'm, I've been historically hard on myself 
but not being so hard that it's it's not fun to be there you know and just being thankful to be there and be surrounded by everyone at the gym so what is your like if you had to write the perfect workout for yourself what does that consist of oh man um well i really like cleans like clean and jerks um so like a heavy clean and jerk with believe it or not i like wall balls <laughs> and maybe some post bars I, I really like post bars I mean, you're you're not five six like myself, so the distance the wall ball has to travel isn't uh, as you know as far. So <laughs> no, manage there. But what about duration? Do you like short workouts? Do you like long workouts? Does it matter? Um, you know, is there something that you like get really excited about, or is it just mm-hmm. you just like the movements? You just kind of like the variety. Yeah, I love the variety of all the. That's a great thing about CrossFit is like, I never know what I'm going to get, and I feel like as soon as I start working on something and I'm feeling confident in that, I'm like, Oh crap, I'm really bad at this other thing. Start working on it. So like you kind of, it picks out, you think you're in shape and then it, it picks you apart pretty easily. Um, I really like like longer workouts for like long AMRAPs. Mm-hmm. And I always get a kick out of like the people that just like go getters that get them right away in the beginning of the AMRAP. And then they, they're dying about like 12 minutes in, you know, <laughs> Um, I love those long, those long ones to see how long I can, or, and to, to keep track of like how long it takes me to do a round and then try to maintain that. Yeah. For somebody whose athletic career lives in a pacing world, right. You know, you like, you can't turn that part of your brain off to like, look at the clock and be like, shit, that was eight seconds left. Yeah. I mean, you know, that just doesn't go away. It's there. Yeah. So talk a little bit about like, do you feel like swimming has really assisted you in CrossFit? Like, where do you feel like that shows up as a compliment to your, your weight training and things like that? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, definitely the aerobic capacity of swimming has helped a lot in CrossFit. Um, I'm able to kind of catch myself when I'm getting um, an elevated heart rate, I guess, and trying to bring that back down or trying to work with it. Um, with where it's at, that's another great thing is that swimming and CrossFit both do is like, okay, now my body's like really craving, like the CO2 that I'm expressing, my body's kind of panicking, like, how am I going to handle that? And how, how am I going to kind of trick my brain into handling that stress a little bit better? Um, so that's been great in the pool and then in the gym as well. And so that's a great compliment. Um, and in life too, it, I mean, you don't have to be at an elevated heart rate to know how you manage stress or manage difficult situations. So totally. So we, you and I have done some breath work together. Um, do you feel like kind of learning how to cue in on some awareness with like nasal breathing or just getting a little bit more education on like what fatigue is localized in the body, how we express that, how we actually perceive that. Do you feel like that has helped you this year in swimming at all? Uh, or even in life, like you you mentioned, like knowing how, you know, how we deal with stress and things like that. Do you feel like that breath work we've done has carried over? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, when swimming, so I'm a breaststroker and a lot of the swimming is underwater, especially in a yard, a yard pool, because I'm doing underwater pullouts. And so when you look at like a 200 yard breaststroke, um, which is my second event, that's eight lengths of the pool. And so you're underwater a majority of the time. And when you get to the end of the race, it's about a two minute 
two minute and 10 second race. When you get to the end of the race, you're pretty fatigued and then you want to keep your underwaters long. And so something we worked on is like when your body's craving that oxygen, like where do your eyes go? And like, that was another thing in the pool. It's like, if I'm really oxygen deprived, like what am I fixated on? Am I able to like see my peripheral vision or am I able, or am I like fixated so much on my trying to get a breath that I like lose, I'm like loosey goosey underwater. And then that, you know what I mean? That defeats the purpose of that underwater. And so that's something that I definitely got um, compliments from my coach and other coaches in the big 10. So this year um, we were unfortunately cut short, you know, so the NCAA tournament didn't happen, but at big tens, like a lot of coaches came up to my coach and asked like, what is, what are you doing with her underwater? Or like, how is she able to like maintain those underwaters? And I credit that a lot to the breath work that we've been doing is that I'm able to um, hold my, my stroke or my underwaters together, even though I might need a breath really, really badly. And I mean, we did a lot of underwater work this season. Um, and so there was some like pretty intense times, like, and so I swim with the guys a lot of the time and, and it was pretty funny to see some of the, the male breaststrokers that are, they're not like our elite male breaststrokers, but they're, they're, um, they're really great guys. And, and they were just so funny to see them kind of panic a little bit with the breath work. <laughs> That's always yeah, fun. You, um, I mean, I think from a coaching standpoint, what I talked to you a lot about was just a training environment, right? Was that like, and in working with you, we know that success with you happens if you can have this kind of perfect combination of factors that a you feel like um, you can have some participation in that decision making process, but also like you have fun in the pool. So maybe talk to us a little bit about um, about training with the boys, and it is your preference to train with the guys, right? But why is that so fun for you? Yeah, I guess um, kind of trying to close that gap of like guys being so much faster than women. Um, and so like them pushing me as much as I'm pushing them, hopefully. Um, and to just try not to be defined by that, that gender, I guess. I, like, I, I realized that the biochemically <laughs> that they have a little bit of an advantage. And so that I won't be able to keep up with some of them, but it still didn't deter me from trying to push myself um, to a faster interval or, keeping up with them for longer periods of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're competitive. And like, if somebody were to meet you just, you know, on the street or in the gym, they'd be like, oh, she's so nice. And she's just so oh. mellow. But like, there's a side to you that's fierce, right? Like, if you're put up <laughs> in that moment, like you show out. And so um, do you like that as an athlete feeling like you're pushed feeling like you have you kind of are always trying to keep up with somebody or um, I love like, even so this is kind of funny, even like last night. So we've been running my husband, and I've been running a lot. And, and like last night, my knee was hurting a little bit and like my just weird joint pain. Cause like swimmers generally don't run a lot and we've been <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. And so, and so I'm just like weird achy pains and I'm like, ah, oh, like, I don't know how much I'm going to run today. And my husband's like, oh, you can turn back. Like, I don't want you to hurt yourself. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to turn back. And then I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> and then like a mile later, he's like, how are you doing? Are you okay? Like you need to turn back. And I'm like, nope, like I'm going going for it so I, I definitely love like that I need that push or that that person that says like you can't do it it's like let me show you that I can do it and so um that's yeah 
That's great. So what is that mental talk like then? So, you know, if you're in that position where you feel like maybe somebody's doubting you or like, they just were like, Oh, it's okay. Like, what do you start saying to yourself at that point that like, um, helps give you that drive? Um, cause that conversation changes, right? You know, like it ebbs and flows. And so, yeah, it changes from like, I really like to do this for like, I need to do this. Um, need to do this to show them and to show other people that they can do it. So that's another thing too is um, I've been kind of conflicted on what to do with swimming. Like I've been, I've been feeling like I didn't leave the pool with what the work I wanted to leave um, as a result of swimming as long and hard as I have. So, and then with the Olympics game being um, next summer instead now, it's kind of, I don't know, we're kind of still in that decision making of do we go for it or I don't know. It's a lot of logistics that need to get worked out. Maybe we could fill people in that aren't necessarily familiar with, I didn't want to just like download your resume right in front of people. But for for those that don't know, Lindsay swims, uh, as you haven't picked up yet, she swims for the University of Minnesota and um, everything on her athletic calendar was really circled um, based on you know, NCAAs, which was the final meet she wanted, you know, she, she alluded a little bit to Big Tens not being her, her peak meet, right? She's going to kind of train through Big Tens and try to peak at NCAAs, but then uh, a little bit on the calendar further out was Olympic trials for the 2020 games. And so we are now in the coronavirus situation where um, the world is on pause. So maybe if you want to just give us a quick backstory is kind of like what your last four weeks have been like and kind of what happened so we can keep people up to date on where we're at yeah yeah no that but, um yeah so training so at big tens my coach and i kind of looked at you look at the end of season um a lot of people taper down for big tens which tapering for swimming looks a lot like you just build up a lot of yardage and um, pace work and heavy heavy cardi- cardiovascular loads so that's normally the peak of that is normally at the end of training trip slash the end of january and then a lot of people taper down um, for Big Tens, which is the middle of February, um, which is just basically decreasing yardage, um, feeling better in the water. So then you have more energy. Um, you're able to withstand the distance at a higher heart rate for longer. Um, and so normally my taper with the way I'm kind of physically built um, I need about two weeks with muscle mass and um, I can't taper down like in a few days. Um, it just doesn't fare well f- with me in the pool because then I, I start to get sore and my body just feels weird. And so we were gonna do a short rest or like a few days rest. So I think we did five days before big tens. Um, so I felt pretty good for the first few days of big tens. Ended up swimming my fastest 100 breast split in the 400 medley relay on Thursday night, which was the day before my open 100. So I was really jacked going into my open 100 on Friday, um, swimming about a second above the field for the Big Ten. And then I came to Friday and I just, it tanked. I mean, I didn't swim very well. I ended up getting third, which um, isn't horrible, but um, it just wasn't the kind of meet I wanted to go out with, you know? And, and like at that point, I didn't realize that Big Tens was going to be my last yard meet. And so I was okay not swimming well. I wasn't shaved down, um, which if you don't know, swimming has a lot to do with end of the year shave. Um, 
So you basically grow out your your leg hair or like body hair for men. They like shave down everything, and a lot of a lot of men even like shave their heads, um, just to get more hydrodynamic, I guess, in the water and just feel better and smoother. Um, and so I hadn't shaved down or anything because I was saving that for nationals. Um, and so then we got back from Big Tens. There were just a few women that made nationals for um, Minnesota. There were three of us. And swimming-wise, there were a few divers that made it. Um, and so we were just training, and my coach had kind of prepared us for no spectators because um, there were some basketball games that had started to come out, um, the Division Three, I think, and they w- weren't allowing spectators into the basketball arenas. And so he was kind of preparing us for that. But then as soon as, like that, I don't remember what week it was actually now, but it was like where the the NBA canceled and then March Madness got canceled. And then like once March Madness got canceled, like the next day we had a meeting and the ACC had pulled out of the NCAA tournament, which the ACC has big swimming schools like Virginia and NC state. Um, And so that's when it kind of hit us like the big 10 probably going to do the same or follow suit. And so and then the NCAA ended up canceling the whole thing. And so, yeah, that was just kind of, you don't really know what to do with that because it hasn't happened before. And you're like, I'm a senior. So that was going to be my last swim as a gopher. Um, and so to have that cut short was kind of, yeah, just kind of stunk a little bit. So for a lot of it. And yeah. And then the news about the Olympic trials a few weeks later. Um, which I kind of suspected. Uh, so my teammate, Kira Smith, she swims for um, the Canadian team, Canadian national team. And she had been sw- training with us. And when we got news about the NCAA um, championship getting canceled, she's a few years older. So she graduated and she's done with college now and she's just pro. But she was like, Lindsay, like, do you want to go swim in the Cook Hall, which is the old pool at the U of M? from like the 1920s and I was like so fed up with swimming at that point that I was just like no like I looked at her and I was like no I don't want to go swimming right now like I just want to go home and try to deal with this and then she said okay well I'm gonna go try to swim because she was prepping for Canadian trials but I'm like Canadian trials won't be happening and they didn't oh yeah she was she was just kind of like taking back like you don't want to go swimming and I'm like nope like I I've been training really really hard this season and to get it all taken away I'm just kind of I don't know what to say so yeah well thank you for sharing I mean Mm -hmm. uh, as we've talked many times before you and I like there's no playbook for what's going on and I think currently today on March 31st there's still a lot of unknowns for many things but um, I think what's always inspiring is that you know and I think knowing you well like what will come out of this is that you have a really strong mental game, right? Like your self-talk is when you can get up on that, like that's really been your, your saving grace. And I think that a lot of times people are capable of a lot more than um, they think they are. However, it's just how we talk to ourselves, right? It's that conversation we choose to engage with and, and, and our outlook. And so, yeah, I mean, um, I'm not going to ask you what your plans are because I don't think that that would be fair. But I think as the situations kind of evolve, we'll be able to um, 
see more and more of what is what's available to people. And I think that that's kind of the, the approach I've tried to take is that rather than thinking of all the things that have been taken away from us, I mean, being a gym owner and trying to keep a community together of people online, like let's look at the possibilities of what we get out of this so that when we get back into the gym, um, it only enhances that, but no doubt is it, is it challenging? So I have a couple last questions, um, maybe to fill people in on some swim stuff. So could you give us the difference between a yard pool and a meter pool and why this actually matters? Cause like, you know, we're like swimming in a meter pool, but then you've got yards. Like why is, why is that matter so much at, at your level? Yeah. So yards, um, yards is high school and collegiate, uh, length. And so that will be a little bit shorter. So normally it'll be 25 yards down 25 yards back. And so, um, it provides more turns than a meter pool. So a meter pool is a pool that you, anywhere else in the world swims <laughs> besides the u.s um and so it's the olympic length for a pool there's rarely like 25 meter pools unless you're like on a military base um but normally it's just a 50 meter outdoor pool or um and so anyway so the meters you can answer it. I think he, he has to answer it from his phone outside. It's coming back one more time, I guess. It's going to be Olympic length, and so that will be 50 meters, and that will have less turns. Okay. <laughs> I apologize. No worries. Um, yeah, no. So the meter pool is Olympic length and that you're only, it's 50 meters down. And so 50 compared to 25, obviously there's no turn in the middle. And so that's why yard times are particularly faster than meter times because there's more flip turns or open turns and more underwater work that you're able to do. And so nice. style backstroke. Yeah. You can do more underwater kicking and breaststroke and want to pull outs and um, so last question whenever you have children what sport are you going to put them in because i get asked this all the time being a gym owner right people will ask me infinitely they're always like are you going to teach maddox how to lift weights and i'm like my answer well i'll let you answer and then i'll tell you tell you mine but what uh what's going to be the are you going to put them in swimming what's going to be their activity of choice yeah so they'll i mean they'll definitely be in swimming just um for safety wise um of being around the water and so i mean if they want to take up competitive swimming i wouldn't be opposed to it um i'm not going to push it but and then my husband he uh, played hockey and so they'll probably and being from minnesota too they'll probably be involved in a little bit of hockey mm -hmm. but um wrestling is kind of a big thing in my family and so i know my cousins and stuff want us like to see our kids in wrestling as well I mean, well you're gonna are you gonna take go easy on them then if like they want to race mom and swimming <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'll be fun i i mean you'll have to give them that little I'm, they'll probably be competitive between the two of us my yeah. be competitive <laughs> and determined and so they'll definitely be strong-willed and just as long as they're um involved in something i think 
movement wise will be important. So, I mean, we're both pretty tall. So I think gymnastics is out of the question. <laughs> and just, I don't know. I mean, I'm not very good hand-eye coordination. So like basketball, I love watching baseball. Like my dad and I bond over baseball. And so maybe I would really like to see them in baseball, but yeah, I don't know. Swimming, I'm trying to think soccer. I was in soccer for a long time. Um, and it was kind of unfortunate in Minnesota, soccer and swimming fall in the same season. They're both in the fall for um, high school. And so when I got to seventh grade, I had to make the choice between soccer or swimming. <laughs> um, well, thank you for sharing. Yeah, I've always told people that Maddox, uh, he can choose whatever he wants. He just has to do something, you know, mm -hmm. it can be. But it, having been able to watch him for two and a half years and his personality, I think he'll be quite, uh, quite competitive as well. And very stubborn, like unbelievably stubborn. Mm -hmm. So, well, Lindsay, it was great talking to you. Thank you for this. Um, you know, I'm just want to try to bring people in the community together. And um, during this time where we all kind of have to be relegated to our own spots, but um, you know, we've all been thinking about you and I uh, can't wait to see you back in the gym, hopefully yeah, soon. I can't wait to be back.